0: Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to The Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we are back with the Real Estate Institute of Queensland CEO, Antonio Mercarella for the second and final part of our two-part series on the exciting world of business broking. Now, in one, if you missed it, we explored the latest trends and changes in the industry. Make sure you check out the show notes for a link back to that episode if you missed it. But today, we're diving deeper into the technical aspects of the business broking industry. Antonia and I discuss recent changes to the REIQ business sale contract and what has guided these revisions. We will also look into the possible future changes and how these changes may impact the industry. Antonia, also share some suggested best practices for business brokers in Queensland in the context of these recent changes. Now, this episode is packed with valuable insights and information that you won't want to miss, especially if you're a business broker in Queensland. So sit back, relax, and here we go with part two of this two-part series. Let's talk about um, some changes um, that we've seen recently in the REIQ contract. Now, I just want to preface this by saying I'm a huge believer in state based standard form contracts. I think they make um, the, the process of acting. And we we, you know, we act on hundreds and hundreds of business sales and acquisitions each year. Um, so we we deal with the REIQ contract and, and the other stuff. State- based contracts very, very regularly. And I love this concept. I think it's a really good thing for a deal and, um, you know, particularly deals under that $2 million size to have something where we've got, you know, terms and conditions that have been set out and all we're negotiating is the special conditions, which is a much shorter, you know, um, component. So, so I have to preface this by saying, I'm a huge believer in this as a process and I'm I believe good processes relate to good, you know, create good outcomes. Um so let's talk about where the REIQ contract is and the reason for changes and then, you know, what's on the horizon.
1: Yeah. Well, look, I would say it's 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 challenging to create a standard business sale contract, as yes. you would appreciate <laughs> and many of your listeners would appreciate. So, not all of the REIs actually put out a standard business sale contract. And, and look, the first thing I'll say about this is, I don't ever pretend it's a perfect contract. It's far from that. None of our contracts are perfect. Our job is to try and create what I call a plain vanilla template that Is trying to cater for the vast majority of transactions as best as we can. But it's not going to be fit for purpose on its own every time, if ever, in the case of a business sale, frankly. So I think that's really important to say. So, you know, when people tell me, oh, well, it it doesn't do all of these things. My response is it can't do all of those things realistically Um, because, as we've talked about many times during this interview, every business is quite different. So, look, we've tried to improve it. Um, Still plenty of room for improvement. So if anyone's listening, um, you know, Always up for for more um, feedback and insights as to how we can I- improve it, but we did. We just recently um, released a, a new version of it, and so I, I think some of the highlights. It, it was really it was really time to modernise it. So we've made some changes um, to allow for electronic communication and 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 of course electronic execution. Um, we saw. As a result of COVID nineteen, um, there were um, some temporary legislative changes, which are now enduring, thankfully. So that argument around can we can we do electronic signing, in particular where it's a, a corporate entity, um, I think that's been well established now. So we've made some provisions and some changes to reflect that. We've also updated some of the employee related provisions. Uh, we've made some changes to verification of books and records. We had some feedback as well. Around our stock in trade um, and 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 whip um, work in progress. So again, not vastly different, but some clarification just to remove any uh, room for error um, and. And as you can imagine, social media accounts are now part of a business sale. Um, we hadn't contemplated those when we first developed that contract. So, again, it's really important that we take those into account. They're part of that of that transfer process. So, now um, the contract does contemplate that. Um, we've also expanded our, our restraint of trade provision um, to protect goodwill. But again, I mean, when it comes to restraint of trade, again, what I'd say about that that is um, our restraint of trade won't always be the right restraint of trade for every transaction, but it's in there and it might work, um, but – We also know that in some instances, ours will be struck out and a new one will be inserted. And then what we've also tried to do is develop some new uh, special condition annexures. Um, This is something that we're frequently asked for. Um, Special conditions, um, again, they will change from transaction to transaction, but we do know that um, business brokers like having a special condition drafted because, of course, what we know is that um, whilst a business broker in Queensland is permitted to facilitate the contract and use, you know, for example, a standard contract uh, as we put out, we do know though that there's a limitation on that um, that doesn't extend, of course, to the drafting of special conditions. You know, the Legal Profession Act is very clear about that. So I'm always telling well, both business brokers and real estate practitioners practitioners more generally, they are not to draft special conditions. So, of course, what they can do is use a special condition that we've drafted and just complete the necessary fields, or it doesn't have to be an REIQ special condition. You are, of course, permitted to use a special condition that a lawyer has drafted, um, provided that you don't start uh, tinkering with it, yeah. um, so so I think that's important to to note as well.
0: The one thing that I'd add in there, I I worry sometimes about, and and I I know you you know the the. Uh, approach of business brokers in Queensland, for example, is completely different to those in New South Wales and Victoria in relation to the interaction with the contracts. So we have brokers in Queensland who, who will draft, who will create the contracts, draft them, create them, you know, and, and on the face of it, there's no issue with that what What I find is the practical issue and something that I think becomes an educational component. So you, you know I'm really glad that you raised it. The practical issue is that clients can see a contract, you you know this contract with all the words in it and and you know maybe even some sort of templated uh, special conditions that a broker's had created or whatever they add into it. And then the client thinks that that equals, Someone having looked at their business sale from a holistic perspective – And having considered and understood what the relevant legal risks are for them in that transaction, you know, particularly sell side, you know, and this is where I find that we, we have this risk then that clients don't understand that there is so much more, you know, when you look at a business sale transaction, whilst we have these documents like the, the standard form contracts here to enable us to, um, more Uh, quickly and efficiently create the the bones of the contract it doesn't take away from the thinking that has to happen which is sitting down and really understanding where are the risks what what happens with the employees where are the entitlements what's going to happen with them where what how do we deal with personal leave and and long service leave where they haven't hit the qualifying period how do we deal with you know ensuring that we have this correct transfer of the value that sits in contracts and you know all of those sorts of things
1: and what the business actually encompasses right. so so my view is you're only as good as your client instru- client's instructions. You, you don't know what you don't know, and and yes, they're, they're, you're right. The client sometimes assumes that the business broker's role, the scope of the role, is 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 inclusive of everything, and it's not. The business broker is there to facilitate the sale of that business. but and, and so, of course, a good business broker will ask a series of questions to make sure that they understand, what does this business include? Let me make sure that I am, um, when the time comes, um, putting together a contract that encompasses all of the elements of this business and that we haven't missed something. But at the end of the day, I mean, the client needs to take a responsibility. The vendor, the seller of the business needs to be responsible and you know if you think about vendor warranties for example or if you think about all sorts of things that are included in that contract it is the vendor's responsibility to make sure that they've understood that contract the the business broker is not able to give legal advice about that contract so what I always say and and look it's a best practice recommendation from my perspective is if you're going to be using the standard REOQ contract or any contract for that matter this isn't about me trying to you know, plug our contract. I think it's a really good idea to give a copy of that document to the vendor and to recommend that they read it and that they get advice on it. Because I do think clients don't understand the scope of the engagement of the business broker. It does not extend to giving them legal advice. And the business broker can't be a mind reader. Uh, yes, you can. You can sit there and ask questions and then provoke an answer. You know, yeah, so tell me about this. What's involved in the business? Do you have licenses for this? Do you have? Tell me about your employees. Tell me about the assets that the. You know, the list goes on and on. So of course, it's your job to ask the questions. But at the end of the day, the, the vendor can't wash their hands of all responsibility. Um the business broker can only can only do what they can do based on the instructions that they are given. So a good business broker will ask the right questions to get the right answers, but again, um the vendor does need to go in uh, understanding that there is a level of responsibility that rests with them, notwithstanding that they have a business broker who's who's putting together the sale and um and affecting the sale for them.
0: Yeah. And I just think that can be one of the risks of business brokers, you know, filling in the form and providing it to their clients of the sale contract because the clients think this is the contract without realizing that there's so much more that needs to, so much more thought that needs to go into ensuring that, you know, the special conditions or whatever, everything has been included. And some of these things, you know, business brokers just won't have that, that, um, that detailed understanding of things which are essentially, you know, complex legal issues, <laughs> because, you, you know, I mean, that's not their job. Their job is to get, you know, the business out there and sold.
1: Well, that. It, 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 you're not you're not selling a property where you can go do a title search and find out what's registered on the title and then all right you still have to ask about unregistered encumbrances but but you know you you, you can work out most of it by looking at the title or going and researching certain things on different websites a business isn't like that you, you there's not like a register of all businesses and you can go there and go oh well this is great this tells me exactly what I'm being engaged to sell right doesn't work it doesn't I mean that work would that be handy if we had it would be it would be handy it would be handy all right we'll put that on our to-do list
0: well that leads me perfectly actually antonia to my next question which is what's in the future for um for for this reiq business sale contract
1: are there future changes what's you know there are things on the list that you want to tackle Yeah, look, here's what I'd say about that. I think it's really important that as an organisation, well, first of all, it's it's a contract that we put together, but it needs to serve the business broker community. So what I would say is, even if I think about the most recent amendments we've made, we've made those changes based on feedback that we've had uh, from business brokers or legal practitioners. So I think in terms of what the future changes look like, that needs to be dictated to a large extent by the business-broking community. And of course, then us as the peak body, it's our job to make sure that we're thinking about what are the legislative changes Changes that are happening around uh, around Queensland or around Australia, even potentially, and and how do they relate to business sales? And do we need to actually go in and 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 update that contract? So something we've been doing, I think, um, quite well, um, is working hand in hand with um, the AIBB. You know, we I'm the first to admit we're the Real Estate Institute of Queensland, so we serve um, a variety of sectors. Um, And look, I accept the criticism that we are focused mostly on property. Um, That's true. I won't say it's not true. We we the business broken community is absolutely important but as you can appreciate it it is a smaller community and it's it's quite a niche area um and so uh, and so look we've been trying to do a better job of rolling out educational programs and events that are actually more relevant to business brokers it's something that we're committed to doing we want to be um be delivering I guess events and educational programs that are bespoke. you know a business broker doesn't want to be sitting in a classroom learning about how to fill out a, a contract for the sale of residential property. you know that's offensive like they've got better things to do with their time. so I think um, we are doing a better job of working hand in hand with the AIBB last year um, we we ran an event together which was really great and um and they are an organization that is wholly and solely focused on the business broken community um which is outstanding and so i think um you know hopefully we can complement their work and they can definitely complement our work i think there's room for both of us um so um we've just recently rolled out best practice um best practice guidelines and the and i'm I feel really happy about this because we touched earlier on earlier on, I mentioned that the threshold um, educational qualification has very, very little content in there for business brokers. And similarly, uh, there's not a lot out there for business brokers. So, what we've done is um, we've put together these best practice guidelines, again, working hand in hand with our business broking chapter to develop a series of guidelines for how to actually facilitate A business, um, a business sale transaction and how to act for a client adopting best practice principles. And so, we're not saying, I mean, some of those things overlap with with statutory requirements, but in many instances, we're saying, hey, this is what it looks like to deliver those services to this standard. And so, what we want to do is ideally, and again, we worked um, with AIBB on the development of those guidelines, and that's not a process where we go, tick, um, we can put that to bed now forever. That's a document that needs to be regularly reviewed. You know, one at least once a year, we need to be getting it out, dusting the cobwebs off and working out, okay, time's marched on. What do we need to do? What should we be recommending? So I'm really excited about that that, because that's got a lot of really great content. And again, I think it's a really good um, uh, place for us to be trying to get some consistency in approach when it comes to business broking. Because even though um, business brokers do come under the Property Occupations Act, like we've already talked about, beyond the appointment process, there's not a heck of a lot in there that ultimately um, relates to business broking. And I'd like us to become better and better at delivering bespoke um, uh, articles, materials, training resources for business brokers. We've got a commitment from the Palaszczuk government to introduce mandatory CPD. So, I think there's an opportunity there for us to be hopefully, uh, the leading provider of that CPD training and really making sure that we're not asking business brokers to, again, uh, complete um, a course that has absolutely no relevance to what they do. You know, um, it'd be unfair. So, I think um, those are the things that we're focused on uh, at, at the moment.
0: Great. Okay, wonderful.
1: And I guess my last
0: question, what sort of what sort of feedback, what sort of commentary do you hear from business brokers? Like what what does that interaction look like? Do they contact REIQ when they've got problems? And when they've got problems, what are those problems? Or they, you know, how are business brokers engaging with you, I guess?
1: Yeah, look, definitely predominantly through that chapter process. Um, we meet with our chapter once a quarter. Having said that, the chair of that chapter will, will deal with um, – our chapter chair, obviously, on a more regular basis. We worked um, with, with a select view on the amendments to the contract and then obviously that went back to the full chapter. So that would, I would say, would be the primary communication channel between the REIQ and the chapter. They give us guidance on articles we should be writing, the content of events and training. It was interesting, actually, just recently we held a career networking evening and we had, um, we had the chair of our chapter there and it's really interesting because, again, um, to hear him talk about business broking, you'd see people in the room who'd probably been thinking, "Oh, well, I've got my, I've got my qualification, and I'll go off and do sales, or I might enter into commercial and industrial." And you could see people in the room as he was talking about. Um, what it means to be a business broker. You could really see people in the room responding to that and going, "Oh, that sounds really interesting. I had no idea that that this was an opportunity, that this was a career pathway that I could be looking at." Um, so I'd like us to do more to educate the community about what it is to be a business broker and and how fascinating and interesting a career uh, it can be. So um, I think that's something we need to be doing more and more of. Exciting! Well the future is indeed
0: very, very exciting. I just want to say a huge thank you for coming onto the podcast, Antonia. And look, if um if any of our listeners who are business brokers um want to engage with REIQ, how do
1: they find out more? Yeah, well look, um we'd love to hear from them. We've got a website, um REIQ. Um, obviously, tells you a bunch of information about us, but we've got a really friendly team here who, if you wanted to give us a call, we could have a chat to you about um, how to become a member, what we've got coming up for business brokers. We've got a, a, a library, if you like, or a repository of material in our, in our member resources section um, that people can get access to. So um, either give us a call or jump online and, uh, and check out some information. We'd love to hear from you. If people are interested in joining the business uh, brokers chapter, um, we'd also love to hear from them. We've got a great group of people in that chapter, but uh, it's a two-year term and uh, there's always, uh, I think this is our second year actually, um, so their term ends at the end of this year and we'll be calling for nominations, I think, around September if I'm not mistaken. So if there is any, if there are any business brokers out there listening in Queensland who would like an opportunity to have a voice and a say, um, then um, I would encourage them to reach out to us or to put their hand up when the the time comes. Fabulous. Well, look, a
0: huge thank you for coming on to the podcast. We'll, of course, link straight through to you in our show notes. So if you are running along the beach at the moment or driving into work, Um, Please don't have an accident. Uh, Don't worry, you can go back and click into your show notes uh, to click through that. You don't need to write it down. Antonia, can I just say a huge thank you for coming onto the podcast today?
1: Oh, that's a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Well, that's it for this episode of The Deal Room Podcast. We hope you're now primed for your next deal with these pointers and have enjoyed these fascinating insights. Now, if you'd like more information about this topic, then head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com where you'll be able to download a transcript of this episode, as well as access any contact details and any other additional information we referred to in today's podcast. Now, if you'd like to get in contact with our guests today and the services they offer, you can go ahead and check out our show notes for a link right through to them and their details. You can also book in directly with our Legal Eagles at Aspect Legal if you'd like to soundboard your next steps, discuss a legal question, or find out more how we can assist, whether that's with buying or selling a business, or perhaps somewhere in between. Now, don't forget to subscribe to The Deal Room Podcast on your favorite podcast player to get notifications whenever a new episode is out. We'd also love to hear your feedback, so please leave us a review and rating if you're already one of our subscribers, or even if you're listening to this podcast for the very first time. Every review helps our team produce valuable content for you. Well, thanks again for listening in. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. I am so very excited to announce that I've hit a non-podcast-related milestone and released a book. You might wonder why? Simple. I wanted to help business owners understand the mechanics of deal-making and the interaction between three critical phases of business, acquisition, growth, and exit. And so I am very happy to announce Buy, Grow, Exit, a guidebook for business owners and their advisors on how to buy, grow, and guess what, exit in a way that maximizes value and avoids landmines along the way. The book is available now, so just head over to buygrowexit.com.au to get your copy and to access a whole heap of free resources that will really help you on your journey of acquisition, growth, and exit in your business or in working with your clients. Also, check out our show notes where we will link straight through to that page. Ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to The Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au.